0: You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before, and your desire to know Him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. how so many people are excited for an amazing night in the presence of God can we, we just close our eyes, lift our hands just, let's just carry this moment forward Father we just thank you right now in the precious name of Jesus we thank you that we can just ex- have an experience with you that marks us tonight Lord Father allow us to, to tap into our identity as sons and daughters But father as we were singing before it's all for you here we are here we are we're here for one reason and that's to encounter you in a greater way so we can take you and host you in the gas stations in walmart and Publix, in our homes lord right now i speak over families in the name of jesus I thank you for family restoration. I thank you for fathers in this place. That they would step up to the plate and be the men of God of their homes. Thank you for wives. And I thank you that they're the mothers. That they are are diligently going after everything, replicating the compassion of Christ and leading. Father, I thank you for children. Lord, I rebuke the spirit of rebellion. And I thank you for unity. Unity to grow in such a way. Father, the broken hearts tonight open the eyes of the blind tonight we thank you for mighty miracles the precious name above every name the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega in the precious name everybody said "Jesus." Jesus Jesus say it a little louder Jesus thank you for in Jesus name well you may be seated if you can hallelujah hallelujah well you all are in for a treat tonight thank you so much worship team and I'll tell you what uh, I'm so honored to have pastor Isaac and Laura with us tonight it's an absolute honor there I'm going I'm gonna hand it over to them Real quick here. They have been dear friends of us. Of I've kno- How long have we known each other now? Is it going on? It's like, yeah, 10 or 11 years. So uh, we went to Bible college. We met at Bible college at the river. And uh, the thing that is so amazing about, we actually did, we, we traveled, did praise and worship bands together and all that. And uh, with, uh, I was talking to Joel. Joel Mele was here last week, actually. He was the drummer. We, uh, we had a lot of fun, saw many lives change. But one of the things that's been so special about the bond that we've had is that over the years, it's just like literally uh, I feel like t- just the friendship that we have had that every time I talk with you, with, I've just, I just know that like it just feels like a moment hasn't passed since the last, last time we talked. And I have very few friends where that relationship and bonds there. And I just whenever you, you speak a word, whenever I get advice from you, it is just like, it. It. I feel like the next six months of my life is I'm like just chewing on what you've said and what you've spoken. So we're so honored to have you all. And so I told him, I was like, soon as you're in town, we're making, we've been wanting to make this happen more and more. And the past couple of years have been crazy. We've been, if I was doing something in the house, I would have them come. But I want you all to know that a great man and woman of God is going to impart something powerful into your lives tonight. I'm so honored to have them. And without further ado, could we just, could we just, Honor them tonight as they come forward share. Hello,
1: everybody. It's so great to be here. I am so excited to be here tonight. You know, we've gone to a huge church with a bunch of people. But I was telling my wife, like, I'm excited to go to the Golden Street Garden Church. I'm super excited to be there. That's like, that's why I came to Florida. And yes, we drove all the way from Mexico to see your face. So praise the Lord. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's how much we love you guys. Just imagine that. Uh, we've been we've been ministering. We've been on a small little tour, uh, ministering different places. We just came from Bradenton, uh, Florida. We were ministering over there. And uh, it's such an honor to be here with you guys. But anyway, I want, I want my wife to say hi to you guys before I keep on going.
2: Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's always an honor to to be here and to see the fruit of what God is doing through Dom and, and Jackie's lives Uh Dom was always really special to us in Bible school. We all became really close and we were always hanging out. It was just our crew and it's so awesome to see what God's done with each and every single one of our lives. And it's just the testament of what God does. The fruit. You guys are the fruit of, of so many prayers that happened even when we were in Bible school. And we're so excited to come alongside Pastors Dominic and Jackie and support you guys and minister into your lives. Uh, God has done so many awesome things. When we were in Bible school uh, my husband's from Mexico and uh, I'm, from, I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Cocoa Beach, Florida. And when we were in Bible school, I mean, we had an awesome time. And after Bible school, uh, years went on and Isaac and I started dating and God called me to go to Mexico. And I don't speak, I didn't speak Spanish. I do now, but I did not speak Spanish when God called me to the place where he was going to mature me, where he was going to use me, where he was going to minister through us. And it's just been an awesome eight years that we've been living in Mexico. And in nine months, God, taught me how to speak Spanish. It was a supernatural thing that happened in my mind and my heart. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you that we don't put excuses before God. God is all powerful. And so wherever he sends you, he's going to equip you. He's going to give you everything you need. And it was really funny and it was awesome. What you were saying when Jackie was up here, I was like, I wanted to jump because when we were on our way over here, God brought that back to my memory. And he said, you're going to go to tell Jackie that it's time. And so when you said that, I was like, that's it. It's time. And she's going to step into the ministry that God has called you both into. And I'm, I know she's not here, but I, she's going to watch it. And we're all going to tell her after that, that God just spoke that to me. That word is going to be planted inside of her and we're not going to be able to stop her. And, and it's time. And I just want to confirm that word because I know that God did a lot through me when I was uncomfortable. When I said I wasn't ever going to be able to preach in another language, God said something else. And it's something really special to be able to minister. And I know that God calls awesome men of God to minister, but then he puts wives in with them that we can counteract and we can be that balance for them. So it's time Dom. And, and we're really excited to see what God's going to do. And, uh, we are so happy to be here. We love you guys. We want to support you. We want to love you guys. And, um, My husband's going to share a video of all that God is doing in Aguascalientes, Mexico, which is where we are pastoring right now.
1: Hey, man. Thank you, baby. It's true. She didn't speak a lick of Spanish, and Dom is here to be a witness to that. But I took her to Mexico. Uh, We got engaged, and tacos did a miracle. I'm telling you. Mexican tacos do something to you. I don't know what it is, but, I mean, she just miraculously got this touched, you know, and she started speaking in tongues, and then all of a sudden it's Spanish. I'm I'm just kidding. No, but it was a process and it was something miraculous because actually all the people that were there, they were surprised and shocked and seeing her speak Spanish. And uh, they would ask me like, are you teaching her? I'm like, I'm not teaching her anything. Like she's, she, you know, she's just here, you know, she's here and she's chit chat. And then I'm seeing her having co- full conversations with young people from the church. And I'm like, how do you even understand what they're saying? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm getting the hang of it. I'm getting the hang of it. And, and then she started asking me about cuss words in Spanish. I'm like, no, no, we don't, we don't say that kind of stuff. No, we don't. That wasn't those kind of things we don't say, you know, but anyway, it's, it's been, it's been great. And the truth is, you know, we've been pastoring now for eight years, my wife and I in Mexico, and uh it's been such a tremendous time. Um, when we went to Mexico, God called us. Uh, he told us that it was time for us to go to Mexico. He spoke to us individually and uh, we both ended up in Mexico. We were going to help my parents, which were the pastors of that church at that time. And when we got there, my parents came up to me and us and they said, you know what? We're quitting being pastors. Uh, and you guys are going to be the next pastors. And we're like, what? Like we came here to help you guys. And, and they were like, no, we're, we're done. And we felt like in our heart that this is your time. And I was like, God, I don't even look like a pastor. I mean, look how I comb my hair, Lord. You know, it's like, come on. But the truth is guys, um, we prayed about it. Um, when I proposed to Laura, my wife, I, I never told her I was going to be a pastor cause I wasn't the plan. But then one day I came up to her and said, you know what, this was happening. And, what do you think about this? And she's like, I did not want to marry a pastor. And I'm like, well, honey, you know, it's the only way you're going to get this right here. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Long story short, (laughs) we got married and we started pastoring that church. It was probably 30 people in that congregation when we got there. And right now we're over 500, 600 people, every single service. It's just been growing tremendously. I mean, we're seeing a move of God, and uh, we're, we're that kind of church that only allows new people to come in. We want sinners. I don't care about tithers. I care about sinners. Come on. Somebody's hearing me here today. We're excited, guys, about everything that God's doing in Mexico. I want to ask you guys, uh, whenever you can remember about us and come back to your memory, just please, please pray for us. Pray for what we're doing over there. We, uh, we're young, uh, and that's nothing bad, but we need a lot of wisdom. And uh, we've confronted so many different situations. And, you know, right now with the COVID situation, we've opened the, the, the doors of the church. We've got a lot of controversy for it. A lot of pastors are looking looking at us, and a lot of pastors and ch- churches have been following us. Uh, whatever we do is what they do because they say if, if, if Pastor Isaac and Pastor Laura are doing it, uh, God's going to back them up so we can do it too. It's crazy, but that's the way they talk, and that's the way they talk about us. They know that God's hand is on us. People can see that when we go to these rehab centers, people say, people tell us and they say, God's hands on you. I don't know what it is, but I see God's hands on you and God's called you for a time like this. But you know what? What I want to talk to you about tonight is specifically that I'm not the only one. Miraculous things don't only happen in Mexico. Come on, everybody. Everybody say amen. The same Holy Spirit from Mexico is the same Holy Spirit that brought me here. Anybody hearing me? The same guy that makes miracles. Let me tell you, we've been having people set free from cancer these last weeks. During praise and worship, just, they said, I had cancer in my back. I had cancer in this area of my body, and God just touched me. Praise and worship, I just felt the heat come upon me. And the Holy Spirit said, you're healed. Just like that. And they bring, like, actual, med- uh, what do you call it, baby? Uh, comprobantes. X-rays. They bring out their uh, uh, doctors, whatever. I don't know what they call them. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Mexican. I, I'm thinking Spanish, you know? But they bring the proof, medical proof, that's what I was going to say, medical proof to prove that there was cancer in their body and they're completely set free. This is what Jesus is doing, guys. This is what God is doing. Let me tell you one thing. You are not the exception. You are not the exception. What I felt right now during praise and worship, I was like, God, man, mountains can move right at this moment. There's something powerful, man, when you just give in and say, God, I'm yours. I belong to you, Father. Just take my life. And I believe that this room is filled with men and women that have decided to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Man, there's such a powerful thing about that. See, a lot of us just think about it's just salvation. No, it's empowerment. Christ didn't just pay the price for my salvation. He paid the price so I could be empowered in my life, that his kingdom will come and that his will will be done in Florida, in Mexico, wherever I go. I want to talk to you a little bit about this because, you know, this is the word that God gave me and. You know, this week we just celebrate uh, Independence Day. Anybody was happy about Independence Day? You know, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for men and women that gave their lives, that, that pay the price so you and I can be in a place like this and lift our hands and say, Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen. It's such a great thing. It's such a powerful thing. You know, how many of you guys made barbecue? La- raise your hand. You didn't do have barbecue? It's like the American thing, man. That's why I came in Independence Day. I'm like, I want some of that barbecue, baby. My brother-in-law made me a steak, a T-bone steak. Oh Lord Jesus, you're so good. You had tacos, man. That's that's hypocritical, brother. <laughs> tacos are good, but they're not Independence Day good. <laughs> anyway, I have tacos. you know, my body shows I love tacos, right? You know, you guys understand that. But you know, I want to talk to you about freedom, guys. How many people are free here tonight? The Bible says, "He who the sun sets free." It's free indeed, and I want to talk to you about that kind of freedom. There's a different kind of freedom, and it's a freedom that we sometimes walk by and don't understand completely. But Christ made us and gave it uh, His, he paid the price, should I say, for the freedom. Indeed, it's that next step up of freedom. We are free as Americans in this country. We're free to worship God. We're free to raise our hands to say, "Jesus Christ is Lord." But there's another freedom that we need to step into, church. It's a freedom from fear. Man, especially these days, huh? There's a lot of people living in fear right now. I was, uh, I was telling Pastor Dom a while ago, I'm like, man, the COVID has been great for us because a bunch of people are seeking God out in Mexico. People are coming by the, by the tons looking for Jesus. They're looking for a powerful God. And look, let me tell you something, church, they're looking for a powerful church, too. People are not looking for advice from some Baptist person that doesn't even believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. They're looking for men. They're crazy women of God that they think are crazy. But when they need a miracle, they're going to come seek you out. Come on, church. They're going to seek somebody that's powerful out. And I want to tell you about this because we need to walk in freedom, church. We need to walk in true freedom. Freedom. What's the freedom? I tell people that one of the things that God set me free the most was from opinions from other people. One of the things he set me free the most is what other people thought of me, which is a bondage in the church today. And maybe it's a bondage in your life tonight of something that's holding you back to not move forward to where God has called you to move forward. I see a, a reference in the Bible in first Samuel chapter 10. We can see that in verse 22. It talks to us about a man, a young man named Saul. You guys remember Saul? This man was called to be a king. The Bible teaches us a huge difference a comparison between King Saul and King David. They both had completely different attitudes, completely different hearts. If we can describe Saul, I would say that Saul was a man according to his own heart. And David was a man according to God's heart. And this is really important, people. If we're going to follow Jesus, we need to understand that God has called us to be men and women according to his heart and not our. What, What did Saul do? The Bible teaches us that the, the people of Israel were, were asking and, and saying and, and telling God, we need a king for Israel. We want a king. They desired a king. I would say, why do you need a king if you got an all-powerful, almighty God? But anyway, this is what they wanted. This is what they were they were asking for. Samuel, the prophet, goes and looks for this young man named Saul. He brings them through. The Bible teaches us in verse 22. You guys can see it here. And it says in 1 Samuel 10, Verse 22, and it says, so they inquired further of the Lord, meaning they sought out the Lord and said, has a man come here yet? They're looking for Saul. And the Bible says this. And the Lord said, yes, he has hidden himself along the supplies or along the baggage. What does this mean? What was, what was a position when God had called Saul to come into royalty. He was hiding in the baggage, hiding in the supplies. And I see a lot of Christians in the church today that God has called you to a position of power and authority. But where are you hiding in the luggage, hiding in the baggage, the baggages that we carry? And let me tell you something. I was also guilty of this one day where the baggage in my life would not allow me to step out to what God had for me. I saw. I, I want to show you those pictures and those videos. Why? Because I want you to understand that this is happening because a young man named Isaac Gutierrez stepped out of the baggage, stepped out of the traumas, stepped out of the offense, stepped out of the resentment of the hate. Come on. Stepped out of the fear and said, God, I want to go into what you've called me to do. What was Saul being left behind for? Royalty. He was called to royalty. You are called to Royalty. The Bible says that we are seated in high places with Christ Jesus. He has called you to a place of royalty, to be kings and priests, says the Lord. This is a position God has called you and me. But yet we live like Floridians. I was going to say Mexicans, but that doesn't fly here. We live as Americans. You know, guys, I'm really grateful for the freedom we have in America. But I want to tell you something. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to step on some toes, but you're not American anymore. Baby, somebody throw something. You tell me, baby. We'll run right now. But you're not American anymore. I'm not Mexican anymore. We're kingdom citizens. Anybody hearing me here? See, hold on, hold on. Some of us need to get set free from that patriotic idea. It's great. Yeah, you know, I'm grateful, too. I'm grateful for America. I love this country. I love people in this country. But, man, I'm not from here. Oh, man. I know. Oh, man. Somebody's touching their flag tattoo on their chest right now. (sighs) So I know, man. I know. I step on toes when I say this. I know this because I know Americans, and mostly well, everybody's white here. So I know it's you know a big deal. But guys, <laughs> but guys, I need you to listen. I need you to understand that you belong to kingdom. You don't have a president or a governor. You have a king. Oh, come on. You have a king now. Where are you from? People tell me, are you Mexican or American? Because you speak really good English. I'm like, I'm neither. I belong to the kingdom. My identity is in Christ Jesus now. It's not in a flag anymore. I'm freedom, but I'm not free now because what happened in Mexico or what happened in the U.S. I'm free for what Christ did in the cross of Calvary. Come on, everybody. Somebody give him a hand here tonight. We are free and free indeed. Come on. I'm going to pray that somebody is going to get free. Somebody has to get free because sometimes we we favor our country more than we favor the kingdom of God. And we are so zealous about our country and not zealous about the kingdom. We need to understand and you need to understand. Paul said it clearly. We are not of this world. We don't belong here anymore. We're just passing through. But what are we doing? Are we truly free? Do we truly walk in freedom? I see Saul covered in baggage like many Christians. We identify, identify ourselves with a baggage. Identify ourselves with things that have happened in the past. Like I said, with traumas, with fears, with insecurities, with a, a, la- a lack of identity. And we harness these things close to our hearts. And we say, this is who I am. God, you know, I've, ha- I've had a hard time, and my childhood was difficult. And we hug that baggage. God, you know I have fear, and you know I'm an introvert. So I, I, I hold this baggage because I'm traumatized. You know, my dad was an alcoholic, God. So this, this, this is where I come from. And God said, no. Second Corinthians, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. He has made all things new. Do you understand that? That's the freedom that Christ is offering you. You came from a, a, a family that's, that suffered with cancer. I got you good news tonight. Oh, come on. I got you good news tonight. You can get set free and free indeed completely where you and your descendants will never be touched by what touched your ancestors because it will not come to you. There is a freedom that is in Christ Jesus, a true freedom that he is calling you to step out of Church, it's time. We step out. God gave me this word. Why? Because God's saying there's so much potential in my church. I need people to step out. Man, COVID is such a great opportunity. I know everybody ca- complains about it and is rebuking it. I'm saying, no, God, God's going to use this to shame the devil. Yeah. Woo, baby, it's going to be good. God's going to use this because souls are going to get saved, man. Yeah. People are going to get transformed. And the church is going to be raised up in Jesus' name. Yeah. Man, I get excited about this. I get excited about this, guys, because why? Because it's time. The word that the Lord gave my wife. She didn't tell me that. She just surprised me with that. But that's the word that we're bringing. It's time, church. It's time. Are you guys ready? You need to step out. You need to step out. Stop playing games. It's because you don't know what I've gone through. (laughs) Wipe the tears. Let it go. You are released in Jesus' name. I release you in Jesus' name. Let the baggage, the garbage from your past, let it go. Well, that pastor offended me. That brother made me feel uncomfortable. Great. la da Let it go. My goodness. We're so stuck in a position. We're so stuck in baggage when God has called you to royalty. He's called you to position of power. There is power in you. And I know when I'm saying this right now, I know that there's people, men and women in this night that their spirit is stirring up right now. Because you know it's true. Because you know it's the Holy Ghost that's speaking to you tonight. He has prepared you for such a time as this. He has put you in such a time as this. God, why why am I living such a tremendous time? Because I'm going to use you in a powerful way to bring a transformation to this generation. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Man, somebody's scared here today. Guys, I get excited about this. I'm not here to waste my time. And I'm not here to waste yours. I'm here to tell you this is the time. I came all the way from Mexico. 38-hour drive. Praise the Lord. I'm tired. My butt's worn out. But I'm here to tell you. It is time. Somebody say amen to that. Like, Pastor, that thing is gone. In 1 Samuel 17, the first encounter that David has with the king. The Bible teaches us that the king, Saul, King Saul, David comes to, to, David, uh, David comes to Saul, and he tells King Saul, Saul, King, I want to confront the giant. You guys remember the story, right? I want to go before him. I wanna, I'm, I'm going to defeat him. What is, what is King Saul's advice? He says, you're too young. You can't do this. You have no experience. You're not a warrior. You weren't trained in battle. And he even makes a comparison saying, you know, Goliath, he was trained ever since he was a young man into battle. And you're not. And David puts himself in a position and says, well, you know, I've defeated lions and I've defeated bears. I can do this. What is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's the way he described them. What is he compared to my God? Right. There was a difference in attitude, man. There was a difference of heart between Saul and David. And you know what Saul did? He had a good intention. But you know what he did? He wanted to dress up David. If you look in chapter 17, the armory that King Saul had, it was the same armory that Goliath had also. What am I saying with this? A lot of Christians nowadays want to dress up like the world and say, it's because it's precaution. We need to be cautious. We need to be careful. And this is the way the Philistines say that we're careful. So this is how we need to live. This is how we need to think. This is how we need to dress ourselves. I love the, the word when it says that David responds to the king with all due respect. And he said, King, this is the word he said, used. He said, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this. This is not who I am. This is not God, who God created me to be. I believe that there's people here tonight that are dressed with an armor, of the Philistines. And you said, this is what I need to be protected. I need that medication to be protected. I need to have that mindset to be protected. I need to treat my kids this way. I need to be like this in my marriage to be protected. And God's saying, no, you need to take off that armory that you have on because I'm going to protect you. I'm going to guard you. I'm going to take care of you every step of the way. You know, I drive all the way here, thousands of miles to get here. And let me tell you one thing. I don't know how long that van I'm driving is going to last. I don't know if the engine is going to go out, but I know one thing for sure. I know that there's a hand upon that van. Oh, man, I know there's a hand on my family, on my kids. I know there's a hand upon us that wherever we go, his protection is with us. Yesterday, a friend of mine asked us, so have you has had problems with the drug lords in, in the cities and around the place? I said, yeah, we've gotten pulled over many times. But when they tell us, who are you? What do you do? I tell them, this is my name and I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I believe the power of God. I believe this. I believe this. I believe that. And they're like, just get out of here. <laughs> just just leave. Just leave. Cause they know I'm going to start preaching at them they're going to get saved. But I'm like, just, just leave, please. I've even had guys tell me, you don't look like a pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but they hear me start preaching like, yeah, this guy's pastor. Let, let, let him leave. Let him leave. Please. We don't have, we don't want a problem here. Yes. Have we had persecution? Yes. So what? You know how many people walked in our church? I tell people this all the time. I'm going to tell you, it's scary tonight. People walked in with COVID in our church. <gasps> this Mexican has been exposed. And he's not wearing a face mask. You know, I did on Facebook in our church. I I did a message and I said, whoever has COVID, come to our church. God's going to set you free. Oh, you guys ain't ready for that conversation yet. You guys ain't ready for that conversation yet. You know why people aren't ready for that, right? Why the church's not ready for that? Because they're armed like the the Philistines. What protects you is what protects the Philistines. David had something else. I imagine David saying, God, well, how am I going to confront this thing? I gave, you, I gave you a sling, didn't I? God, this guy's a giant. You know, he's a big guy. And I got a sling. God's like, I gave you a sling. I gave you everything you need. You know what God tells you tonight? I gave you faith. I am with you. Fear not. Come on, church. Do you know who you serve? Do you know who you worship when you worship? Do you understand the magnitude, the greatness of what we're talking about? Of who we're talking about? Man, guys. We need to wake up, church. We need to step out. The problem is you, the reason you don't understand anything I'm saying is because your mind is so filled with what the Philistines have to say about you. And you believe them. Yeah, I'm saying like, yeah, the doctor tells you, you know, you have this condition. I said, yeah, believe him. You know what? For, yeah, I believe that. But good, I want you to bring that to church. So that will be a testimony to many others to say, I had this in my body and now I'm set free completely. Jesus set me free. Jesus touched my life. He touched my body. I'm never gonna be the same. Come on, church. And if God had to bring a Mexican to come tell you that, let it be. I gotta mow some lawns tomorrow. I'm just kidding, that was a joke. No, but when we go to pastors and we see their grass is too high. I tell the pastors, pastor, I want to I wanna serve you. Let me mow your lawn. That's not a joke, man. Why are you laughing about that? <laughs> when we see issues in the church, we've gone to churches to pastors, such as like a church like this one, and we see the church is dirty, and we'll tell the pastors, pastors, can we help you vacuum? Can we help you clean? Can we mop the floors? And he's like, no, you're the guest speaker. I don't want you to do that. Like, no, we want to do that because this is what church is about. I'm the guest speaker, and then they see me mopping the church. They see me fixing the sound systems. Why? Because I'm never going to be above Christ Jesus. I don't want to be. Dom just said it right now. We're not, this, this whole star attitude. We need to be done with that junk. Because this is about the body. Anybody with me? This is about the body. And if I came here for a reason, I came to exhort you tonight. To tell you it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. There needs to be a wake-up call in the church today. And if I need to be, as a Mexican young man, be that wake-up call for you, church. Let it be. That you will wake up and you will take on what God has called you to take on. Give the Lord a big hand here tonight. Amen. Come on. Yes. We need to let go of the baggage. There's power waiting for you. Man, I just, see, this is the thing. God, the way God is, he never tells you what he's going to do. He just tells you to step out. God told me, you're going to go to Mexico. I said, okay, God, I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm excited. Man, they're kidnapping pastors and people over there. I was excited, dude. Even my own Christian friends said, you can't go to Mexico. You're going to get, you look like a white guy. They're going to kidnap you. They're going to do this to you. And I'm like, well, praise God. If God said I need to go, I know he's going to be with me. And if I get kidnapped, it's going to be for the glory of God. Yeah. Somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to get transformed. Anybody hear me? Oh man, you're, oh, you're just crazy. You're just Mexican. That's all. Man, I trust in a powerful God. And he said, you're going to go. I said, God, I have no money. I have no support. I have $20 in my wallet, God. And this is how you're going to send me, Lord? I said, let's go. When I graduated Bible school, a dear friend of mine, a good woman that I love so much, she's a good sister to the Lord, but I know her intention was was good. But she said to me, she said, Isaac, so what are you going to do now that you graduated Bible school? I said, I'm going to go in ministry. I want to be used by the Lord. I want God to use me powerfully. I want to do what what God has called me to do. And she's like, oh, that's great. But do you have any other plans? And I said, no, I have no other plans. She's like, well, you should probably consider getting another career. In case God doesn't come through for you. This is what she said to me. Do you have a plan B? I looked at her with, you know, all respect. Stupid woman. No, I didn't say that. I looked at her and I said, if it's not God, it's nothing. This is the thing that church doesn't understand today. Your life doesn't belong to you. You, you, lacked, you missed the most important part to understand. You do not belong to you anymore. You stood right here and raised your hands and said, God, my life is yours. And many of us think, why don't things work out the way I want them to work out? It's really simple because your life doesn't belong to you anymore. You're not yours anymore. So what happens? God makes his will happen. And God starts polishing you and uncomforting you. And oh, God, why do I hate this so much? Because you gave me your life. I'm sorry, but it's true. Many people complain with God. What are you doing, God? This is not what we talked about. This is not the agreement that we had together. We're partners. No, you're not. You're servants. You're a son. And the way us as parents, we understand this as daddy and mommy, right, guys? If you have kids, what do you tell your kids? Do what I tell you to do. And the little kid, little snot looks at you and says, (laughs) he says, why? Has that ever happened, dad, mom? You, daddy, mom, you love your kids, you say, because I said so. And I'm the daddy here. I have a five-year-old man. We call him Peanut and Cacahuate. That's what everybody calls him in our church. And he puts his hands in his arm. He's got his mother's attitude. <laughs> and he challenges me. And I said, buddy, you don't want to go there, Papa. And I just have this magic spoon that I love to scratch my back with. And I bring it out. I said, buddy. And he's like, oh, okay. I'll do what you say. Why would God give you reasons when you're his son? But you know what happens? We're the clay bark in orders at the great engineer that has control of our lives. Everything's in his hands. You know, the best thing to do is? cooperate. God, my life is yours. I don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do it. Man, these, these COVID days, we had to close our church for six weeks and I came into a frustration. I'm like, God, this is bad. This is not good. This is not what I want to do. This is not what, the, what you, you, know, you called me to do. Just tell me. And we start doing live streams. I'd never liked to be in front of a camera. I really didn't ever like it. That's the truth. My wife knows that. But I started doing it and I had to get used to preaching to a camera. I mean, ugh, it's frustrating. But you know what? We've been seeing so many people come to church. Catholic people are writing us up, you know, tons of people, and they're saying, I'm not a Christian, but I can't stop watching your live streams. The way you guys worship God is something completely different. The way you preach the word is completely something completely different. Like I've never heard before. I'm going to listen to every single live stream. He said, one guy said, I'm probably never going to go to your church, but I'm always going to listen to your live streams. <laughs> Praise God. We have people walking in by the bunches, homosexuals, prostitutes, pimps. I remember the day that I was preaching one Wednesday night, and I remember the message was, deny yourself, carry your cross, and follow Jesus. That was a message. And I remember the couple came in into the back and they sat in the back and they were listening to the whole message. Well, while I finished the message that when I started praying, they both walked up to the altar and they were just with their hands raised. I never called anybody to the altar, but they came up and they walked up. Anyway, long story short, I pray for them. They received Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Weeks later, I come to find out that this woman was a prostitute and this guy was her pimp. They brought a family member to the church that came to the church with us. And they said, We'd never, we'll never step in that building. But he said, that day, something happened to me. I said, I need to come in. I, I need to look at what's going on in this building. They walk into that building and they get completely touched by the Lord. Yeah. Completely touched. He quit everything. He was a bartender, a pimp. I mean, he was just working in the worst area of the city in this profession. It came to such a point where he comes to me and says, Pastor, I want to do Bible school. God has a calling in my life. And me and, my, and me and my girlfriend want to come to Bible school. I said, that's great. Let's do it. And he said, another thing. We want to get married. I said, we had baptisms next week. I said, we're going to get baptized first. And then I'm going to marry you guys. And you guys are going to serve the Lord together. Now, they both have, bring it, have been bringing all these women that were part of that profession. A bunch of pimps have been coming to our church. And they sit in our services. And they feel the presence of God. And they're shaking in the back seats. Come on. This is what God is doing, people. This is what God is doing. When we step out of the baggage, when we step out of the false identity that the world has wanted to give us, when we take off the armory that the world is telling, telling us, defend yourself this way. Come on, church. And these men are walking in. These women are walking in. And now we're finding out that some of the people that are saved in the church were clients of these women. And they're all worshiping Jesus together. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it sounds like a joke, guys. I promise you. We, we, my wife and I, we just looking at each other like, we can't believe this. It's God. It's God. It's a powerful God. It's a manifestation of God's power. You think God could do that here? You think God could do that in your life? He's called you for a time as this. He has called you for a time as this. Church, it is time for us to wake up. It's time for us to step out. Man, I just see this church, just people coming. And it's not because you guys are gonna organize an evangelism team. Somebody's hearing me here today. Soul winning teams are great. But that's not that's not what I'm calling out here for. I'm calling you to be light. I'm calling you to step out. When somebody let me tell you this when somebody steps out, it's obvious. Oof. It's obvious. When somebody is because your vocabulary starts changing. You listen, listen to David's vocabulary, David's vocabulary, and listen to Saul's vocabulary. Like, man, completely different. Listen to the way that David prayed. God, I want to be a man according to your heart, God. Seek, look, look in my heart, God. Check me out, Lord God. Analyze me. Check me, Father. I, want, I don't want to be in the, right, in the wrong place, Lord. And look at how Saul used to talk. He told, he told Samuel, he's like, listen, come with me so, so the people will know that you're, I'm approved by God. I'm going to hang out with the pastor so the people in our church sees that, that I'm not so bad. I'm going to be a brown noser to the pastor so everybody can understand that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. But there's other intimate men and women of God. And say, God, I want to be a man, a woman, according to your heart, God, and not my heart, Father. I want to be a man that walks, Father, in freedom and that freedom that you've given me, God, the free identity that you've given me, God. Listen to me. I was that man. I told God, how could you use a man like me? I got so many defects, God. I got so many issues. I got so many circumstances. I got all this baggage. And God said, step out. You gave your life to me. I'm telling you now, step out. I know how it is. I don't know how church is, guys. I know how it is. We have so many excuses. So many reasons. Oh, my gosh, it's such a headache even to hear them. I've heard powerful women of God. Listen to me. Powerful women and men of God with tremendous callings just talk about money. They're so poor that all their concern is is money. Woo, baby. But there's an identity of royalty that God's called you to, that's called us to. Anybody hearing me here? Yeah. Guys, listen to me. I don't have a lot of money, but I trust God. I'm a prosperous man. I'm a prosperous man. I see my kids in the morning. I kiss their faces. Anyway, with me? I'm good with my wife. I love my wife. I love our church and I'm a prosperous man. I don't have a lot of nice things. I don't have a new, brand new car of the year. I have everything I need and God has called me a prosperous man of God. Give the Lord a big hand here tonight. Yes. Woo. One more thing I want to address with you. The Bible talks to us about Bartimaeus. The way that the Gospels describe Bartimaeus is that it was a blind Bartimaeus. You guys remember that? It describes the, or Bartimaeus the blind man. There's a lot of things that, that try to identify us in the world. Identity is such a powerful thing. It's true. It's such a powerful thing to understand who we truly are. See, all these men and women, there used to be pimps and prostitutes. We have tons of them. And you know what? Nobody thinks of them as prostitutes because something is changing their identity. They don't walk like prostitutes anymore. They don't act like prostitutes anymore. I don't know if anybody's hearing me here. When something happens in your identity, you don't act like a drug addict anymore. You don't act like a crazy person like you did in the world anymore. Something changes in you. Come on. Is anybody hearing me here today? Identity changes. The great thing about Bartimaeus is Bartimaeus was a blind man, but that wasn't his identity. So many of us classify ourselves of what happened in the past. You're not that person anymore. I love Bartimaeus because Bartimaeus took a different stand than Saul. What, did, what happened with Bartimaeus? He cried out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me." remember this? And people told him to shut up. Christians told him to shut up. Somebody hear me? Christians told him to shut up. You're just yelling, you're annoying. And Bartimaeus screamed louder, the Bible says. That's for somebody here. The Bible says that Jesus' attention was captured. By this man named Bartimaeus. The Bible says that he stopped and he called Bartimaeus, Come, bring him to me. Well, you know what the first thing that Bartimaeus did? The Bible says he threw his coat. This is powerful. This is powerful. What does a coat represent? It represents who you are. It represents that you're a beggar, that you're a homeless person. It represents that you're under a curse. You with me? It represents baggage. You know what Bartimaeus did? The first thing he did, he let go of the baggage. He let go of the past identity. He said, I'm never going to go back to that coat again because I'm never going to be that man ever again. Come on, church. I'm never going to get back to that position again. I'm never going to have to be on my feet, uh, yeah, on the ground, begging for for money, begging for food. I'm never going to come back to that position anymore. And he walked to Jesus, the Bible says. Where was Jesus? Jesus, the Bible says he was on the way. On the way. He is the way. Come on. Anybody with me? He is the way. And Bartimaeus walked up to Jesus and, 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 and Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, the guy's eyes were blank. What else would he want for, from Jesus? But you know what? It's a good question. I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of Christians pray stupid stuff. Yes, it's true. Your marriage is falling apart. Your life, you're emotionally unstable. Your mind is going crazy. And you say, God, give me money. Not even in this church. I'm talking maybe it was for another church but sometimes we can be so dumb that we're so blinded and have so many issues that we need God to deal with in our lives. That the only thing we ask God is for money. How blind are we? God, I need money. No, you don't need money. You need to fix your marriage. Husband, you need a love on your wife. Somebody's hearing me here today. You need to apologize to your wife. No amends. Everybody's quiet now. There's no amends. There's, man, something's sinking in. Something needs to change. We ask God for dumb things, for stupid stuff. I always say it this way. We're like inside of a cage. Listen to me. We're inside of a cage with our hands sticking out and saying, God, bless me. And God says, I want to bless you, I want to set you free. We say, No, I don't want to be free. I want you to bless me. I don't need to be free. I need you to give me money. It sounds creepy, right? That's what you sound like. (laughs) But I'm serious, church. We're 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 locked in cages. And we come to church, but yet we're so locked up and we're sticking our hands out of the cage and we're saying, God, just, just give me money. That's all I need. My marriage will be better if I had money. My relationship with my kids would be better if I had money. My situation with circumstances would change it if I had money. And God's saying, I want to set you free. I want to set you free. I want you to be free indeed. I want you to step out of that place. There's been so many times I've done ultra calls in many different places. And while people walk up for healing, the Holy Spirit says to me, I'm not going to heal them unless they allow me to heal them inside. If they don't let me heal their hearts, because what's happening in their heart is a consequence of what's happening. I'm sorry. And what's happening in their body is a consequence of what's happening in their hearts. Yeah. They need to let me heal their heart. Let me touch the inside, the dark place of their life. What did Jesus say? Come ye who are burdened. Those who are weighted, those who have baggage on their backs, come before me and I will give you rest. Jesus is calling you tonight to let go of this, to step out of this, to be free indeed, church, because there's a generation waiting for you. Oh, man, come on, that's prophetic. There's a generation waiting for you. Mom, dad, young man, young woman, I don't care who you are. There is a generation outside of these doors waiting for you and me to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to step out, Father, of that lack of identity, Father. I'm going to leave my coat behind, Father, because it does not identify me anymore. I'm praying for men and women that will go back home and start burning things from their homes. Oh, man, no, no that's too much, Pastor. That's too much already. You're going too far. I'm praying that I'm praying that men and women... We'll go home and get rid of things from their houses. We'll start burning pictures. Hey, now. Start burning memories. And say, this does not, not identify me anymore. This is not who I am anymore. Come on. Don't, don't go and burn your husband or your wife, okay? Please. That's, that's not allowed. But please. There's things that we're going to have to do, guys. We're, we, we, listen to me. We're gonna, we might have to go on Facebook and get rid of some friendships. Ooh, no, no, don't go there, Pastor. Don't go there. I love them friends. I got the good friends. It's time to start saying bye to some friends. Friends that only bring you guilt. Friends that only bring you bad memories that you shouldn't remember anymore. That you need to dig up and let it die. Are you ready? Are you willing, church? Because God is waiting for you. You know, this is the thing about God. You know, as Christians, we always make this. I, I did this. I'm going to be honest. When I was in Bible school, I had this. I would say to God, God, when are you going to do this? Has anybody done that? When, what are you going to provide? What are you going to bless me? When are you going to step me out to where you want me to be and where you want me to go and what do you want me to do and when, Lord, I'm just waiting on you. And God looked at me and he said, buddy, I'm just waiting on you. And I believe God is looking at people tonight and you're asking when and when and when. And God's saying, I'm just waiting on you. I need you to step out. See, the thing about Bartimaeus, Jesus didn't go toward Bartimaeus. He called Bartimaeus to him. Oh, man, that's, that's important. You understand that because we're, we're in the gutter saying, God, come to me. And God is saying, no, you step out of where you're at. The father did not seek the prodigal son. The father did not seek the prodigal son. He waited and he said, my son is going to come back home. The son had to wipe off the dust off his pants and had a kid ke- put his coat back on and said, I'm going to go to my father's house. He is waiting for me. This is the same way that our heavenly father is waiting for people here tonight that to say, brush off the past brush off the baggage that's on top of you and come to royalty. Cause we're going to celebrate. Come on, give him the Lord a big hand here tonight. We're going to celebrate. It is time church. It is time. Are you going to step out? Man, I'm excited. I'm truly excited about what God's going to do in your life. I don't care if you're 16. I don't care if you're 60. God has something powerful for you. He's waiting for you to step out. Man, there's people in this world that are waiting for your yes. I didn't understand it. I never understood it until God said, just say yes. Just step out, Isaac. Just step out of that place where you're at. Step out of that depression. Step out of that anxiety. It's your choice. I'm right here waiting for you. And I said, God, I'm, I'm done with this. I want to step into what you want. I don't want money anymore, God. I don't want all these material things anymore. I want your will, Jesus. I want you to do what you want to do in my life, God. I want you to use me. If it's impact one or tens of thousands, God, do your will, God. And for my surprise, God raised me and my wife up to impact hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives. I never imagined. I could never imagine. I never crossed my mind. Somebody, I had, I had a, a radio interview in, in Arge, from Argentina through live stream. And they were asking me, and, they, and I was telling them my testimony. And I was telling them what we're doing in Mexico. And, and they asked me, so Isaac, was it everything you ever dreamed of with your life now, that ever since you gave your life to Christ? And I said, no, it's gone way beyond that now. It's gone way beyond that now. <laughs> I had a dream when I was a kid. And I said, God, I want this and I want that. I want this and I want that. And God said, oh, buddy, come on, son. I got so much more for you that you cannot imagine. Because the Bible says in Isaiah that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his ways are higher than our ways. He has a greater purpose for you than what you could ever ask God. What we're living right now, my wife and I, is what we never imagined would happen. It's gone beyond it. It's gone beyond. I told my wife, I said, you know, I, I imagined when I would be 40, 45 years old, that one day I would have my house and pay and maybe... Start making payments on my house. Last year, we paid off our house. We built, we built our house in four years. We constructed our house. We built our house with not a penny to our name. <laughs> my wife looked at me. She's like, how oh, are we going to do this? I said, we're going to trust God. But he told me we're going to do it. When we got to Mexico, the first thing that the Lord told me and my wife, he said, you're going to fix the church up, the building. You're going to fix the building up. And I said, God, I, you know, I just came from the river. They taught us about soul winning. And God said, you're not going to do that. You're going to go fix the building. And I said, God, but I, I want to do ministry. You know, I want to preach to people. I want to win the lost. And God said, you're going to fix the building. And my wife knew how sad I was with a roller in my hand.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember my wife, won't let me lie, I'm on the third scaffold and I'm crying. And I got a roller in my hand at two o'clock in the morning. And we're painting our church building. My wife went to go make me some, something to eat. And I'm just weeping. I said, God, I didn't come to Mexico to this. I didn't come to paint walls. I'm the first, I'm the first preacher that says the, the building doesn't matter. And God brought me back to Genesis. He said, so what I told Noah didn't matter? Man, that's, you know, God's good at that. giving you those curved shots like uh, right in the liver. That's what he did to me right there. I said, God, I'm sorry. What I didn't understand is God had a higher purpose. God has raised evangelists by the dozens in our church. They're going to preach and they're not asking me permission. They're not scheduling a Wednesday night service just to go out soul winning. They're saying, pastor, we're going to the hospitals. Pastor, we're going to the streets. Pastor, we're going to the parks. 50 people got saved over here. 45 people got saved over there. All these families are going to come on Sunday morning to church. They're hungry for the word of God. Come on. Anybody hear me here today? But you know what I was doing? I was rolling paint. You know, we we misunderstand this because we think we're all supposed to be engaged in doing what everybody in other churches told us to do. There again, baggage. Freedom is to do what God has called you to do. Oh, man. Come on. Somebody's hearing me here today. Somebody, listen to me, listen to me. Somebody's called to vacuum the carpet of the church. And God's going to call you faithful. Oh, man. Come on. While others will raise up and going to go to the streets and go knock on doors and going to win souls for, for Christ and others will travel, and others we're going to give. Oh, man, you guys aren't ready for that conversation yet. We are called to do what God has called us to do. You know, I never, for eight years, I've never told people, you need to go soul winning, people. Bring, bring, bring somebody on next Sunday. You know, it's going to be great. You know, we're going to have ice cream after service. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't do that. I don't need to tell people, bring somebody. Because all I've, all, all I've had to do is preach the gospel. And people are getting excited. People are grabbing the word and saying, yes, this word is for me. I never want to be the same man again. I never want to be the same person again. And they're going home and they're telling their family, you got to listen to this. This is the word of God. It transformed my life. It can transform you too. Come on. Is anybody excited of what God is going to do in this world? Anybody excited of the gospel? Church, it is time. It is time. 95% of our congregation are all newborn Christians. I can't use references like, you know, when it happens in church. Because nobody laughs at it. It's not funny with my church. Because they don't understand this. You know, church terminologies. They don't understand that. They just want Jesus. They just want Jesus. Are you guys ready for that? That's what's going to happen here in this church. That's what's going to happen in this ministry. Anybody ready for what's gonna, what God's going to do here tonight? Stand up with me, please. Jesus, I took a long time. Thank you, brother. Woo, Man, I'm excited. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for bringing me from Mexico to this precious church, God. This precious family, God, in this place. Father, I know this word is for here. I know there's men and women, Lord. that need to step out. Ah, Jesus. There's people going to step out tonight. They're going to step out tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we come before you, God. Woo, there it is, there it is. Come on, come on, church. Start praying, start engaging with me. Come on. It is time, it is time, it is time. It's time to step out. Somebody's gonna step out tonight. Somebody's not, listen to me, people are not gonna walk out of this building the same way they walked in. People are gonna walk out different from the way they walked in. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, somebody's gonna walk out free. Somebody's gonna leave that load here in this building. Somebody's gonna leave that load in this building. Somebody's gonna leave that baggage. In this building tonight in Jesus' name, there's gonna be freedom in this house, freedom in this house in Jesus' name. Woo! There it is, there it is, there it is. Where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. God is calling you out of that cage. Come on, come on, God's calling you out of that bondage. Come on, God is calling you out of that mind state. God is calling you out in Jesus' name in Jesus' name in Jesus' name in Jesus' name Jesus come on come on church come on church come on church (laughs) thank you Jesus you are so good God you are so good God we love you Father we worship you thank you for your perfect will in our lives God we are clay before you Jesus. In Jesus mighty name. In Jesus mighty name, receive all the glory, receive all the honor, Father. Jesus name. Jesus, I'm excited, Lord, for what you're going to do in this house, God. I'm excited for the people that are going to step out, God. I'm excited, Father, for the freedom that you're going to do in this house, God. I'm excited, Father, that you've brought me here to this place for a divine reason, Lord. I'm excited, Jesus. I'm excited, God, because it is time. It is time. It is time for Florida. God, it is time, Father, for this generation to know that you are Lord, to know that you are the King of kings, God, to know that you are powerful, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.